five stars for consistency. <laughs> go, Jeep, go, said nobody ever. Death Trap Wrangler on a roll again. Details next. I'm John Cadogan. I get new cars cheap. Australia only. Sorry about that, America. Website, uh, card, maybe. The card mainly depends on you and whether you've been naughty or nice. So no card for Jeep, obviously. Anyway, if it's there, click it now. Dude, you know you want this. I know I do. Sometimes the world is just funnier than satire could ever hope to make it. And today is one such day. Now, cars, even epic shitboxes, are really not supposed to do that. I just called a dude who'd know, and he confirmed it. Do you remember back in 2020 when the COVID zombie apocalypse was still new and somewhat fun, mask-wearing in the bank for the very first time. Such a novelty. Back then, over in Morocco, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, which is kind of like ANCAP, only properly funded, with its very own cutting-edge crash test facilities and thus sporting a fine set of big swinging crash test cojones that have absolutely dropped. Well, they tested Shitbox Wrangler. Not for the first time. IIHS has this test, right, which is actually quite severe, which ANCAP chooses not to conduct ever for reasons known only to them, which is called the small overlap test. The car hits this rigid barrier at 40 miles an hour, which is 64.4 k's an hour here, with only quite a small frontal area engaged in the crash. It's a 25% overlap, right? It's meant to simulate an only just head-on clipping kind of impact at typical highway speeds, and the loads are thus quite concentrated. Take a look. That's how this kind of crash test is supposed to look. Okay, tightly controlled to like plus or minus 1k an hour on the impact speed and plus or minus one percentage point on the overlap. Crash test laboratories are fun but also demanding places to work. Like you get to break stuff, but you've got to do it in a very precise way. So, anyway, back in 2020, the IIHS tests Wrangler in exactly this way. Just another day at Mayhem Laboratory. At least that's how it started out. And then this happened. Oh dear, that's really not supposed to happen. Like, it's not meant to end that way. Everyone looked around, I suppose, because this had never actually happened before, following such a straight up and down impact. Even previous shitbox wranglers, when subjected to exactly the same test, did not manage to roll over and grab their ankles in this entertainingly novel new way, electing instead to remain unremarkably upright, just like every other vehicle they'd ever tested. 
Stellantis, which was called Fiat Chrysler back then, but still the world's preeminent automotive shitbox brand aggregator, which obviously owns Jeep. Well, they had a substantial tantrum at the time, if memory serves, accusing the IIHS of botching the test and maligning the fine, upstanding reputation of their iconic off-road shitbox. So the IIHS said, and here I'm paraphrasing, Okay, let's do it again, you friggin' chumps, and you can stand by our side and confirm that we're really not fucking it up. And Stellantis said, fine, in the manner of an ex-wife whose bluff has finally been called. So they did the test again, and Stellantis signed off on all the granular details, and that atrocious shitbox parked on its friggin' side again. It was just like a carbon copy of the first disastrous test. So that was nice. Wrangler thus went down in the annals of history as the first vehicle ever to roll over in this test. Twice. At the time of the second rollover, the IIHS tactfully issued the following statement. IIHS agreed to conduct a second test using a different method, which was approved by Fiat Chrysler. The second test also ended with the vehicle tipping on its side. Following this epic PR fiasco highlighting that 2019 Jeep's emphatically underdone engineering, senior executive Stellantis geniuses made all the right kinds of grandiose statements about engineering revisions and diligence, professionalism, commitment, above and beyond, whatever, but without admitting any liability, of course, and they went in search of a rug large enough under which to sweep this whole ugly mess. And the story went on ice until just last week, when it was time upliftingly to see exactly how well those revisions worked out. Consistency is the key, is it not? It takes a truly unique level of engineering capability and a novel approach to design to achieve this kind of dramatic and some would say unexpected result using just a vertical barrier and a completely flat, unremarkable concrete floor. Hollywood doesn't do it that way in the movies. Just saying. Most cars would need a ramp on one side if they were to undress and gyrate quite so suggestively in the aftermath of a crash such as that. So let us look at those engineering revisions back to back, okay? The grey Wrangler you're about to see is from the 2020 test. And then you'll see the comprehensively revised red one tested this year. nuanced, isn't it? Those differences. The effect of those numerous and no doubt exhaustive engineering revisions. Of course, I suppose to the untrained eye, they might look exactly the same. 
My favourite perspective on 2022's astoundingly revised performance is this view coming up in just a few seconds, which highlights, thanks to the miracle of slow motion, just how seemingly disconnected every structural component of a Wrangler appears to be. That view is also more like the last thing that you might ever see, perhaps standing there at the roadside in the wrong place at the wrong time, hand in hand with your young children waiting to cross the road when some dipshit in a Wrangler crashes in exactly this way before spearing directly towards you with twist and pike. Of course, senior executive bullshit has cranked the emergency Stellantis PR spin machine into overdrive when Wrangler's enduring and disgracefully underdone engineering was highlighted by the IIHS in this undignified but ontologically objective way for the third fucking time in a row now. A lengthy, hilarious statement in repudiation was issued by Stellantis. And here are just a few selected highlights. Stellantis has produced more than one million of these vehicles. Okay, credit where it's due. It is strong and brave to admit that you've committed this atrocity up front. Well done. I suppose admission is actually the first step towards rehabilitation. Real-world performance strongly indicates Wranglers afford the level of safety our customers demand and deserve. Very hard to argue with that. Most Wrangler owners I know, of course, still using all the muscles, except, of course, the one that really matters. We are unaware of any field reports that correspond with the IIHS test results. That's almost Rumsfeldian, isn't it? Sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And of course, sometimes you do know what you don't know. And then sometimes you just bullshit by saying you don't know what you do know. Perhaps Google Images can help with future awareness. makes me want to go forth and park on the roof in a space that's already occupied. Since its 2017 introduction, the current model has earned more than two dozen awards for attributes ranging from design to capability to residual value. Yes, it has, mostly from publications which Jeep chooses to advertise in. Go figure.
Just one of the bad incentives underpinning the reason why ordinary people simply do not trust the mainstream media anymore. Adding to this tally of two dozen impressive trophies, more than, now we've got these three IIHS awards for rolling over like a death-seeking missile. <laughs> In a way that no other vehicle ever has during this test. Further testament to the Wrangler's unique niche, which not even Land Rover could hope to threaten with Shitbox Defender. The Jeep Wrangler has unique and extraordinary capabilities unlike any other vehicle on the road. Hey women, brother, ain't that the truth? A picture is of course worth a thousand words and that is an extraordinary capability right there, unlike that of any other vehicle on the road. Horrifically engaging in a kind of abstract way, sort of like seeing a woman with three cans walking down the street. You want to look away, but you can't. Dude, we've all been there. And before you complain, right, in the comments, and I know you want to, some of you, just go out and watch the movie Total Recall, the one with Arnie, the governator, and Sharon Stone from way back in 1990. Classic Philip K. Dick science fiction story. There was a woman with three cans in that movie, memorably. Speaking of extraordinary capabilities, it's a historic fact and you don't have to like it, but it's still an historic fact. That admirably endowed character was played by a delightful young lady right there, named Lycia Naff, who went on to become a reporter for the Palm Beach Post in Florida. Bit of a downgrade, seemingly, but still, she's in exactly the right state. <coughs> Think you'd agree. She got shot and killed. Like, in the movie, dude, not in real life. In real life, she's fine, albeit, you know, back to two. In real life, she got a great many jailhouse marriage proposals according to her in that 2017 interview in-house. Go figure. True story. Anyway, that indelible three-can scene, the only one of which I am aware, but if you know of another one, please let me know in the comments. It's a piece of legitimate movie iconography. It exists. You cannot look away. It's not even titillating, counterintuitively. Apparently, the middle one was the fake, like, as if that matters. Show me something in a movie that's not fake. Despite Ms. Naff's brief but outstanding contribution to our culture, Total Recall was actually approved for viewing by audiences older than 15, even by uptight government censors here in Australia. And that restriction was mainly because of violence. Go figure. In an Arnold movie. Ms. Naff and her distinctive attributes did not even blink on the censor's radar, apparently. It was pretty tame, but speaking personally, I found it quite difficult to look away. My second or... Was it my third? Can't remember. Anyway, one of them. My second or third ex-wife elbowed me repeatedly in the ribs over my inability to avert my gaze. Anywho, worth it. Thanks, Lycia. Love your work. Real-world data and ongoing demand indicate the four-door Wrangler meets or exceeds the expectations 
of the buying public. To which I would retort that Winston Churchill famously said that the most powerful argument against democracy was to have a five-minute conversation with the average voter. And I think a similar concept could be applied to technology and safety with automobiles and the expectations of the vehicle buying public. I wouldn't be looking to the public for guidance on safety or technology, is what I'm saying. Certainly, I do know of several mouth breathers out there who claim in the comments that they would instantly prefer to go back to carburetors and distributors because they were just somehow better. I'd suggest that these people have, at best, very selective memories indeed. But to Stellantis, I say, agreed, and thank you, sincerely. Like, brave move, dudes. The IIHS issues one of four ratings for this test, right? Good, average, marginal, and poor. And for its performance, which is unprecedented, except by itself a couple of years ago, Wrangler achieved marginal, which screams out to me, what the f*** do you have to do if you're a vehicle to achieve poor? In any case, Jeep has certainly exceeded my expectations with this result last week. It must have been very challenging doing all of those complex technical revisions following 2020's majestic upfuckery, duos, and yet to still engineer in that unique, contrarian, somewhat thrill-seeking dimension which Wrangler seems purpose-built to deliver in the way which no other vehicle ever has. Long may Wrangler be on a roll, I say. Well done indeed, Stellantis, highlighting a regulatory compliance deficiency which allows vehicles this badly engineered even still to be sold in the developed world. When you think about it, that's almost, but not quite, a public service. Not selling the vehicles, but highlighting this mammoth deficiency. And as eagerly as I am looking forward to the next test, I doubt this one will impact Wrangler's sales to any measurable degree. I might endeavour to contact Mr Churchill tonight by Ouija board to confirm. <laughs>